Uh, so, hello listeners, welcome back. Uh, we were just debating on whether or not we wanted to do a reflection episode. And in doing so, we started to have a reflection episode. Uh, so, welcome back to the Lost Legends of Scadrille Mistborn Adventure Game Podcast. We're here to talk about Season 2 with the Fluffles Gang. Uh, the topic at hand is the train wreck, not train wreck, that was Episode 1. Uh, on the train wreck side, we have everybody else, and on the non-train wreck side, we have John. Mm. Well, okay, everybody, like, everybody else didn't it. listen to it, right? Like, just David. Yeah, I did listen to it, though, yeah. I haven't heard it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, recording it was terrible. I was like, oh, shit, this is gonna be, like, the worst episode ever. But then, like, the way that you edited it, I listened to it, and I'm like, oh, maybe it wasn't as bad as I remember. And you were like... No, it was as bad as you remember. I just did a shitload of editing. And I'm like, yeah, you did a good job. I mean, I even came up with that Sesame Street meme for it. Like, that wasn't <laughs> because it was so terrible. It was like, oh, we've actually got a running joke here. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was painful to record. It was painful to edit. Um, whether or not it was better, I don't think necessarily. Uh, so here's the story for that episode. Um, we recorded it. After we had recorded all of the solo episodes for the season. Um, and so there was this kind of sense of we need to get to where we were at the end of the episode, which was my fault. Um, in addition to that, there were some things that I thought were going to happen, but they didn't happen. Um, and I don't want to throw anybody under the bus there. Uh, but it made for <laughs> an awkward... There. Wait, are you talking about... Is it, it made... Dish that tea. Oh, David was supposed to come oh. in with a set piece that he had been talking about for a while, and yeah. he did not. And it, it there, there left this awkward gap at the end. We get through the episode once, and folks, it was terrible. That one, unabashedly, was terrible. We went to a bar. They ordered milk. I think they threw that milk at somebody. I don't remember. <laughs> Brian, either in uh, the most fortuitous thing that's ever happened, or... In just a, sh a strike of pure loyalty to the podcast, lost that recording, and we immediately <laughs> re-recorded the episode, and it turned out a little better. It's still kind of awkward. I think I actually think the alloy parts from the first one were were a little better. Eh, maybe, but I personally recording that particular two episode episode that pain. I wanted to yeah. leave my own house. Like, yes. it was, it was that bad. I like, just thought it'd be some creative was, spark was, for was everybody like, to be I able really, to relive the, that moment I, that the first episode had in it. I think it had more energy the second time around. You just looked at your recording and you were like, oh shit, it dumped it. <laughs> um, sh yeah, it was... It, you, were, you listened. You were there. Uh, I don't have to bring more attention to it, but... Um, we we moved on from there, and I think we did much better for the rest of the season. Yes, that, uh, that's completely true. Magic of editing aside, mm. yep, yep. We started on a low note, so it only got higher. Season two. I mean, I personally. Uh, how did you guys feel about the solo episode? Feel like it was. I was productive. Same. Uh. I had a lot of fun with mine. Uh, it was fun having uh, Merda along, and and then uh, 
I absolutely enjoyed what ended up happening with Jane. That was just, uh, that was a treat for me. You know, there is a lot to unpack here. I'm glad we're talking about this stuff. For for mainline consequences, your episode had, like, the most (laughs) implications just because of Jane. Like, because Jane became a (laughs) multi-episode ordeal. It made me so happy. (laughs) Um, So, and, like, I think Taj Meals was pretty well sorted by the end of his, and then one more episode. (laughs) Uh, I don't Um, know what... Like, Shout out to Merida, the only person who actively worked towards the goal. And then I'm going to that. revoke that shout out for not sharing any of that information with the group. For doing, I, I thing, thought I did. Not making it. I thought I was going all. towards my goal. It was. It's it totally like, a Merida thing, though. She's like, oh yeah, the I love the all the information. Yeah, I'm true. just not going to share it with anyone. You won the race and then sat down. It was. Yeah, she she had to take notes on uh, who could stumble. Well, you know, based on what happened with me, <laughs> we already know I have a history with this. Sneeze, like <laughs> you guys know what's going on, and we're like, nah, not really. <laughs> we're like, wait, something's going on. <laughs> oh, you mean the plans? Oh, okay, there were those. I remember those before we went off, fucking trading weapons to Coloss. <laughs> we'll, we'll unpack that when we get there. Um, any any comments on your episode, Kelly? Merida and um, me as well think they're a lot more confident than they are. Um, I just want to say for the record, and uh, for you listeners who don't know this, this is um, in, in some ways a family podcast. Not all of us, but um, Kelly, John, and I are all siblings. And it was I'm your brother, very too. awkward in Meredith's solo episode to be flirting with my sister <laughs> in character. Oh, jeez. Um, what? What? It's something that they've joked was about on step- uh, oh, help. The, Come help the Adventure me, Zone about how, like, there's that, like, yeah, that's, that's wrong awkward. Wrong podcast. It's, it's very, very awkward. What do you mean wrong podcast? You said Adventure Zone. Isn't that the uh, McElroy podcast? Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. No, no, I was... Sorry, I was confused. Go on. Yeah, well, Griffin's mentioned how awkward it is to flirt with Travis. Um, Can confirm, very awkward to flirt with Kelly. I think she had less of a problem with it, uh, because she sounded like she was having fun. Why were you doing that? Uh, I think Merida has a thing for Lady Fatine. Oh, no, she does. You and... And that's probably only going to get worse after what Lady Fatine did to Tosh. See, you introduced her, (laughs) and I was immediately like, I have to make this a thing, I'm doing it. Wow, Merida, I can't believe you'd go for that bitch. You know, if we you know what she did just makes Merida wanted. like her more. I was getting some Resident Evil it's stuff horrible. going through my head. <laughs> Demetriscu? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if we wanted to add context. Let's uh, let's shift over to Taj Meal in your solo episode. Um, here's another fun <laughs> fact. There is an entire section to that episode that has been nuked from orbit because (laughs) going from having a conversation, well, one, because I got my timelines wrong and Kelsey is probably not a cognitive uh, shadow anymore. Uh, Well, I mean, he is, but not like the way he was. That's irrelevant. The second half of that is because of motherfucking limb (laughs) shots. Oh, 
I got hit in the head. Wait, though, so Limjot doesn't just, exist? Like, discombobulated him. Uh, no, Limjot exists. Uh, Tajmil had a long conversation with Kelsier. And then Limjot happened, and I'm like, yeah, that doesn't work anymore. That just never happened. <laughs> Wait, you, you gotta, you gotta tell us what that conversation was about. Why um, did, did Limjot eliminate that conversation? Well, it was about um, Tajmil, like kind of turning a new leaf. Uh, Tajmil possibly becoming Kelsier's successor. Um, Kelsier not ne- necessarily feeling threatened by it, and I'd have to go back and listen to it again because it's been a long time. Um, since we I edited it, but um, uh, essentially I was trying to sow the seeds for a dramatic turnaround in Tajmil, um, and there was a dramatic turnaround, but it was suddenly I'm Limjot now. I don't like stealing. Uh, I'm a merchant. I would I, I would never do something so crass as to steal from another person. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean that's kind of just the character of uh, you know that's how, that's my out for Tajmil to be a fucking scumbag. So, um, I got a question for you, Brian, about Tajmil, and this is related to oh the boy. whole arc, you know, because Falcom's Falcom's been there for Tajmil through out of ninety yeah, percent of the things. Thank he kind of dropped the ball recently, if you want to spin it nicely uh, i don't know like that was a perfect execution from my point of view well from certain <laughs> points of view but over the course of season two this arc of tajmil uh how do you rank the redemption hierarchy was it successful <clears throat> like what, what at, happened with the redemption um, hierarchy? it's still in progress i think it's still in like progress. what what gains it... what steps back were made um, what steps back were made were probably, uh, I think, was it my throat that got crushed first? Or I can't really <laughs> remember. Which, which body part was, was... You, you did get choked first. out. That was well, a consequence. Yeah. That was okay. not a <laughs> setback on the redemption hierarchy. That was a consequence of going back on the redemption hierarchy. Well, that, I mean, kind of. But you gotta keep in mind, like, I did that under the pretense I thought these people were gonna fuck us over. Well, and so I, I did that under the pretense that it was gonna happen anyway. That doesn't mean that it wasn't your fault. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, definitely. Trust me. Uh, Tajmil is, uh, is he's, his character's designed to carry the battle scars and shit. I mean, he grew up eating out of trash cans and everything, for the love of God. Lewis won't so like, like that. Lewis. Sorry, that was a Stardew Valley joke. I got you. Oh. Oh. Oh, eating out of trash cans. <laughs> that hurt. Wait, no, Lewis is the mayor. You're thinking of Linus. Yeah. Oh, Linus would like that a lot. Yeah. Oh, Linus would be chill with it. Mayor opposes that kind of vagrancy, though. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got this in the weeds. Keep going, Brian. Oh, no, I was just going to say, you know, so it's like. The entire season kind of is summed up by, you know, like a, a, a microcosm of, co- of Taj Mill's life. So it's like, I think it was, I think it was in line with what the character would do given the idea or his idea of a high, of what hierarchy is. Cause I mean, he came from like such a, a, a harsh environment that it's like, to be like, oh, I'm going to take from a bad guy instead of an innocent person. In his eyes, that's like, oh, he's he's doing something noble and just. You're forgetting the part where you, like, jumped out of the window I, and threatened I, I, I know. Uh, the butler. 
<laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> it's kind of funny that you say that. Um, I have kind of come to think of this podcast, uh, at least this group mainly, as a lot of people who are playing really, really well to their characters, and it's really frustrating for me. <laughs> How so? <laughs> Why? Well, uh, Tajmil is the chaos, uh, uh, like chaos unit. You know, I don't know what Tajmil's going to do. I don't plan for what Tajmil's going to do. I just hope that he comes along when the actual plot stops starts going. Uh, Merida is very focused on learning about the plot and exploring the plot and then keeping <laughs> it all to herself. Um, yeah, Tony. Does not even know that there's supposed to be a plot. <laughs> That's right. Um, I don't think I really need to say much more about that. Uh, but Tony is doing his own thing. Uh, it's glorious. But I cannot rely on Tony to help advance the plot. Lord Falcombe has grown so frustrated with everything else going on that he's just basically non-functional anymore. <laughs> Well, I mean, didn't last season, isn't that when it got revealed well, no. that Lord Falcone's actually a Mistborn? Uh, he's a Chondra. Okay. Or Chondra, yeah. Like, didn't didn't that get revealed? It did. Though? Not to the group, though. Lord Falcone might as well be oh. an NPC, like, outside of the party at this point, it, to a certain extent. Like, he could side with the other... Well, he literally did side with the other party over his own party. His own party, yeah. He, well, he's it's kind of a Boba Fett quality to it, though, really. Well, if you think of that. no, it's more of a respect kind of deal. To be fair, the only one on Tajmil's side would be Tony. True. And Sonichu. Oh, not since he broke that window, because Tajmil does not respect even the people he is friends with. Well, you got to understand, though, like he's living. This is a this is like basically a homeless person you guys are living with. So. A broken window to him is kind of like. Uh, <laughs> I have the feeling the you're going to start disparaging so so homeless people who would not do the kind of things that Taj Mahal would do. <laughs> yeah, but they wouldn't be. They wouldn't have coins and shit that they can like jump. They still and run would not and do that. everything else too. Yeah, let's let's, let's let's be real. With the skills that he has, the only reason Tajmil is homeless is because he prefers it this way. <laughs> Yes, basically, okay. yeah. It's a freedom. Tajmil is literally a klepto murder hobo, barely <laughs> restrained by the plot. And I like, don't think I murdered anybody. You, you tried, tried to. a I? couple times. A well, couple yeah, times. but I mean, I only the, tried because I know I couldn't do The phrase, can it. I spray the coins directly into his brain from <laughs> here or something has been uttered <laughs> during recording. I think I think the only reason oh, I can't that be the only one that said that serial killer at this point is because Trevor will not allow that on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> Tajmil is a Dungeons and Dragons character who somehow found his way into Mistborn Adventure game. It's because Brian has absolutely no context. <laughs> well, he has some. I mean, I do have he context, but then it's like you just kind of want to draw on it at the same yeah, time. I was going to say, though, David. Know? You, I'm not you're saying this knowing with full well that I even if Tajmil. Brian knew the full context of the Mistborn universe, his character would be the same. I know. Yeah, because I, I do mean, think it would be different, but it would just be wackier in more specific ways. I mean, the character Tajmil originally like came from Morrowind, like way back in the day, like playing Morrowind, and I make a Khajiit. 
that was like exactly like Taj Mahal, you know, like the Khajiits. What are they? They're basically the homeless people of of, of Tamri, so to say, outside of elsewhere. Grab something but from like, your friend's house, jump out a window, fight the town guard, and yes. run away, and then come back the next day like nothing happened. <laughs> and try to give it back. Yeah. Sell it back, in fact. Yeah. Oh, I happened to find this in a restaurant nearby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure we'll come back to Taj Mahal. Uh, let's talk about Jame. Yeah, that was I, um, I love that bit. Solo and let's go back to like characters doing what characters are going to do, and it being very frustrating for me. Uh, it was not frustrating at first in that moment when Merida decides to leave Tony unsupervised. Uh, in fact, I leaned so hard into it. Uh, you know, John enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, I was ready for this big, uh, this big blow up that did happen. Except Limjot happened first. Uh, <laughs> Brian, we had so much to unpack. So much. Four solo episodes. Kelly had gone and researched. John had hired James. David's off being a chondra, and we'll talk about that in just a second. And then Limjot. <laughs> like, I can't even get through talking about Jame, because Tajmiel has already hijacked the conversation again. <laughs> um, but I do want to talk about Jame. Um, thoughts? Uh, I'll just open this up to the group. I I enjoyed that Limjot It made was... me happy. Oh, no, no, that was the most enjoyable recording experience I think I've had. Um, <laughs> is it is it forward-thinking plot progression or, like, unboxing any of the information gathered over, like, an entire season and then four solo episodes and we're finally trying to do something? Uh, probably not the best, like, way to do that. But it was fun as all get out. I can't remember I much of how I made Merida feel, but I know she hated him. <laughs> uh, I think my favorite part is that it's definitely not done yet. Um, you you failed that role to cow Jame when he left, so uh, Jame will return at some <laughs> point. That pleases me. Um, that's that's not completely done yet. Didn't he end up taking my job from Tony as the book carrier? Other way around. No, no, you took that job from him. Okay, okay, that was it. So what happened again with the ending? Uh, the ending of the James. season or James? Uh, he basically Falcom tried to threaten him to run off, like to leave and never say anything about them, um, and he did not roll high enough to succeed. I don't think he rolled anything for that role. Um, but okay. that was the last time you guys saw James. You did manage to scare him off in the moment when you threatened to introduce him to the group that he had just betrayed. <laughs> yeah. Then <laughs> you guys are like, let's go see Alloy. Let's make the narrator fix this. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> nope. Uh, yeah. Uh, Falcon um, probably would kill Jame and then just like morph into a burner body and like, like oh well, that's that's a shame see but you can't hide from the kind of authorities that you need to hide from if you're gonna do stuff like that yeah, James big guy upstairs gonna know <laughs> yeah it's alright 
You know, everybody's allowed a cheat day. <laughs> it's okay, Alloy. It's my allowed <laughs> murder day. I'm on a killing diet. Oh darn, I cheated today. I'll I'll do better tomorrow. Interesting. Um interesting. It's all empty murder in the, in the I'm 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 starting to think that maybe Tajmil isn't the one who's most at risk of being a serial killer. <laughs> Well, it's starting to make more and more sense why Tajmil and Lord Falcom have become such fast friends. That's true. <laughs> there was also that uh, potential plot on the our client when we were hired as bodyguards. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Falcom was ready to murder that guy, too, yeah. Let's set the wagon on fire, guys. <laughs> but that... that, that that is entirely personal, because he thinks that selling giant swords to the Coloss is probably a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it, I don't know uh, what that would be, but it's a firmly held conviction of Falco's that he probably, if given opportunity, well, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to give too many spoilers for uh, Alloy of Law era, but uh, yeah, it, it doesn't work out great for the basin. To be fair, when I designed this character, this character has, is entirely sincere, and he is not the one who gets corrupted with that power. Oh, I'm sure. It's just a horrible idea. It's just his descendants. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if all of what he had was a horrible idea. It's just power corrupts. No, no, no. Like the only bad part of his idea was the swords. Like, plows? Fuck yeah. Like, rust yeah. What, sorry. Well, uh, I, but, I think it, it makes the like, most sense in terms of a transitional thing. Because you need to start with something that they'll find valuable. I don't know if they would have initially found plows valuable. Yeah, but... It, it really sets the whole arrangement off on the wrong foot. It can, but I don't think it, it has to. If if the Kolos and everyone that in their society is going to be like chill about it, yeah, it's actually probably good for the Kolos and their independence. But if they're not so chill about it, and maybe they start rampaging and uh, scavenging for resources instead of building their own society, it might be detrimental. Well, I I think the direction that we've seen them, even in like the Alamancer Jack. Uh, you know, parts in oh, yeah, in no, the new no, books, like, they're they're not likely to go rampaging like no. too much. You know, they they need to get pushed towards that at this point. But it is not that time period either. Like, there's been a lot of settling down in in those times and things that have changed. This is still very much the Wild West in the Ellendale Basin. I mean, that time period is literally the Wild West. <laughs> well, it's more civilized than what we're doing in this podcast. We don't even have electricity or, like, other cities, really. You know, there's a couple things. I mean, sure, the settlements are still all getting started up, but it's... Again, this is, this is more of... Like what you're referring to, like the area we're in it's is probably more equivalent to the Renaissance than it is the Wild West. 
I think, are you talking about the other group, their setting? Yeah, the other group is literally the Wild West. Our yeah. our setting is more like the Renaissance. I thought they were like gangster yeah. times, too, kind of. Well, they are fighting the mob. For you and Kelly, I don't know how much of the second group that David has listened to, but the character that you guys meet, Christophori, um, I called him Christophori, he uh, is the ancestor of basically a character that will be a very important plotline in season 2.5. Right on. Um, and so, like, in season 1.5, at one point, there is a uh, Coloss with a suit that shows up, who I describe as working for the mob. And um, that Coloss is a member of the tribe, and who is, you know, 300 years in the future, that ha- was recruited by Christophori, and now works as the enforcement division for the mob. Interesting. That's kind of, yeah... John, are you the Coloss in the other group? Yes, I am the uh, part okay. Coloss in the other group. Okay. Uh, do you want to talk more about how you wanted to murder this guy, David? Or uh... <laughs> Oh, no, just, like, thematically, that's what Falco wanted to do. I didn't want to murder the guy. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you failed, because that would have caused a lot of problems for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, trying to set up this uh, time capsule for the future. <laughs> It, it was mainly for lack of beats, and because, honestly, if it had not been for Tajmil steel-pushing the, uh, uh, we'll get into that, <laughs> that whole moment for a second. So That, that was that, also your fault, That <laughs> avalanched into Falcone becoming injured, and so why he was trying to burn the wagons is he was trying to make this venture as like unsuccessful as possible and getting swords to the coloss so he's trying to burn wagons while he's defending the camp but if he hadn't become injured during all that and the whole camp wasn't in disarray he definitely would have plotted with tajmil to assassinate that man (laughs) and we would have had that plot line and the repercussions therein. I know there would have been tons. <laughs> it would have reverberated for 300 years. Like, oh, man. I understand it would have likely derailed the like current plot because it likely could not have continued, but it was probably... Look, man, I'm try- I keep trying to set you up with allies for later down the road, and you keep wanting to be like, nah, man, Falcom isn't cool with these guys. <laughs> Christopherson? You want me to be cool with him? Oh, man. Uh, you know, you, you did a job for him. Um, he's going to have quite a bit of power. I'm just saying, like, it's not a bad person to have in your back pocket. Yeah, but Falcom's Coloss personal motivations prevent him from seeing that. Yeah, he's racist. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I said, this podcast is people playing very, very well to characters, and it being very frustrating for me. Yeah, like... No, I mean, if, uh, let's it, be fair on that point, though. David made it very clear, season one, very early, that his character is racist yeah. against Coloss. Anyone yeah, he like, hates yeah, Coloss. Well, you know, it, uh, that we're exploring that plotline as much as we can. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if then you're like, oh, well... <laughs> I, I can't believe your character didn't 
ally with the people that he's clearly shown he's racist against and hates. Like, <laughs> okay, well, you're also putting the cart before the horse there because you're referring to incident number one as if that happened before I tried to introduce the allies. When incident number one was the first attempt to introduce that no, ally. No, true. Incident number one, but you just said that Christophori was supposed to be an ally. And I'm like, well, if yeah, your well, plan was possibility. To, was to make an Like, if this is your other plan to bring an ally in, like, <laughs> you know, uh, first time, shame on you. Second time, shame <laughs> on me. Uh, I'm putting tools on the table. If you guys don't pick them up, that's not my mm. issue. I mean, again, if... If if the per if the tool that you're putting on the table is something that you know the person is allergic to, I I don't think you can place that blame mostly on that person for not picking it up. It's well, it's the natural progression of how the events go. You know, you you met up with Gavel and he was unpopular. Um, you didn't provide him a safe group for him to be a part of, and so then he was kidnapped and blamed for the one. Um, you didn't go and rescue him, so instead he was rescued by Jim. Right. And spook, yeah. right. and he went back to so, the Kolos tribe. Right. Let, no, I'm, and then, I'm I'm not decrying that as a consequence of rejecting the first ally, but if you're trying to say that this was an attempt at a second ally, I'm saying that's a poor decision if that was your motivation. Like it makes complete sense as, hey, here are the consequences for your previous action, but as the like, oh, here's your second chance to get a good ally. Again, first time shame on you, or yeah, second time shame on me. <laughs> the me in this case being you. Um, I I disagree. And uh, to quote Rashawn Solaran, never do anything for one reason, or always have two reasons for doing things. Whatever. Uh, always that have quote two is. ways to say a quote. Yeah, that that definitely was said by him. So, quick change of subject. Uh, I enjoyed the book parts. Having uh, having Taj Mill come up with, or Brian come up with random books to pass to Tony, that was a lot of fun. It was an honest work, too. I mean, that was something that I think uh, Taj Mill would have thought was a, a wholesome means of getting something from somebody else that didn't involve violence. or. It was part death. of the, I'd say it's a step forward on the redemption hierarchy. Definitely. Your employment. like So... But losing that employment, is that then a bigger step back? Yes, because it also fractured a (laughs) friendship with Tony. So it, like, had more negative connotations than it did, like, positive ones. Hey, that's the risk he took when he he, hired him. He he, he fell even further down the redemption hierarchy. (laughs) It's got to be bottoming out soon, though, you'd think. Uh, no. Well, maybe. In a singularity, perhaps. (laughs) <laughs> you know, we'll see here soon. Well, one one last uh, thought to cap that. I was just listening to that episode the other day while we were on the journey, and I I got a good chuckle out of Taj Mill's comic book series, The Merchant of Venice. <laughs> yeah, Venice. <laughs> no, no. Do you know what The Merchant of Venice is? Uh, yes, no, yes, I yes. don't know. I'm not familiar oh, with the oh, actual word. Okay, it's it's a Shakespeare play. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, and it's it's a, actually like it's pretty anti-Semitic. That's that's where you get the term "pound of flesh" from. Gotcha. But it's funny. But no, I mean just just the pun. It's, it's great. It makes mm-hmm. me happy. I love puns. All right, Trevor. I know you're going to move on to something else, and I interrupted. Go ahead. Oh no, uh, you're fine. 
Um, let's see what happened after that. You guys got back to the city. We you skipped got a into whole several lot. fights. We went straight from Limjot to like the failed expedition. Well, the the not failed, but kind of failed. Well, I mean, most expedition. of that's Jane. Yeah, there was a lot of Jane, wasn't there? Wait, what failed expedition? The the Kolos sword selling expedition. That wasn't a failure. We succeeded. It was a failure in Lord Falcone's mind. <laughs> it was just Lord Falcone. We we aced that mission, despite Lord Falcone's attempts to set it, it back. It was flubbed at best, I would say. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the cheating. That's what I want to talk about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. <laughs> hey, I need something really subtle have said done, something. even though I need no help with this. Let me choose the least subtle person in the world to attempt to help me. I am just impressed that the okay. idea that Brian came up with was as unsubtle as it was. Yeah. See, <laughs> John. I'm not. I'm like, John, yeah, that's about what I'd expect Taj Mahal would I can't let's, just, let's be honest, though. At least, like, Taj Mahal is not subtle, but compared to Tony completely subtle. That is actually true. That's that's very... T Tony would, like... Tajmel would knock something over and hurt himself or something else. Tony, there'd be an entire song and dance to it. To be fair, even though Tajmel <laughs> is kind of a bad choice, he's, he's honestly the only choice. I should have asked Merida. Well, yeah, like, what would Merida do? Yeah, nothing. Um, so, Brian, to refresh your memory, Ta uh, Lord Falcombe's about to have this fight with this guy, um, and this guy's in full plate armor, and so he's just like, hey, if you see an opening, give him a little nudge, I think is the exact words, um, just to give Lord Falcombe a competitive edge. Um, it, I, don't, I don't think it was your first <laughs> attempt, but one of the attempts, you're like, yeah, I'm going to try and push this guy's sword out of his hands and into the chest of a guy I remember him. that. Yes, I remember that now. Just a little nudge. <laughs> just a little nudge. And if I recall, David explicitly said, but only do it if it looks like I'm losing. <laughs> yes. David was like beating this guy's ass. And then you're like, all right, his sword flies out of his hand and murders the guy behind him. Uh-oh, David's, he, he, that man's hitting David's fist with his face. I need to help him. <laughs> pretty much how it went down. Oh, man. I haven't gotten to that part. That's the next episode that I'm, I'm still trying to catch up. It hurt a little bit. I'm going to say, like, when it's, like, in retrospect, I I definitely involved Brian and Tajmil because I could and I thought it would be interesting. You I know, it was. I should have known. I'm, I don't disagree with the but choice. I, I hoped that it was, like, part of the redemption hierarchy. He's like, oh, he's wearing plate armor, maybe. Like, you know, like, even something more subtle, like, suggesting, like, maybe nudge his foot out of place or something. You know, like, any anything like that. And he's like, no, I want to, like, shish kebab people. Like, as if it were just... <laughs> happenstance like that is the thing that happens oops my sword slipped and there is an impaled dude next to me <laughs> whoopsie daisy and then I, <laughs> I mean from a from a podcast entertainment standpoint and from like you know choices as 
players and entertainment podcast. Absolutely yes. brilliant. So choices. I couldn't turn it up. Just to complain later that that Brian made that choice, like I'm surprised he did this. I'm like, come no, on. No, I'm not surprised he did it. It was just inconvenient in the future, which most of Brian's choices are, mm-hmm. which we'll get Very to at the so. season finale. If we named arcs like I do with the other group, <laughs> uh, that arc would be named inconvenient in the future. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, because technically we did still take part in the murder of a bunch of noble lackeys. Like, let's not, let's not forget that. Well, that was self-defense. I mean, but do their friends probably see it that way? I, I don't know. That, I don't know. Yeah. Hopefully we got away clean, though. Among other things that we almost certainly did not get away clean from. So, we came back and we're like, Snee was like, oh yeah, Merida told you the plan. And we're like, what? And uh, I think that was basically what we're, where we were at, storyline-wise. But then uh, then we got to see Witten's revealed as a secret hitman. Yes, that was... That was uh, I'm surprised he didn't use that on me, you know? The... He, he did. He did. <laughs> you got a glass dagger in your, uh, oh, in your shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Was that the teacup? No, that was... Uh, no, that was the window. Oh, the window, damn. Nope. The okay, so uh, unless somebody else has something specific they want to touch on, I wanted to get uh, everybody's thoughts worksheet. about the worksheet. The worksheet? We were supposed to... We had homework? Uh, it was... Wait a minute. I was the one where, like, we ha- we lifted all of our resources available and stuff. Yeah, oh. your resources, what you didn't know, what's the worst thing that could happen. Oh. I feel like it was sheet. necessary... But it was a complete, like, waste of, like, possible momentum had it been actually, like, that was, like, a logistics recordings thing, though. But it was, it was good. We need more of them. We should have had more of them. I was gonna say, it was, like, novel and that I didn't know we had the worksheet, but when we actually went through it, I'm like, eh, this isn't that fun for a podcast. No, if we could do that in 30 minutes and then, like, have, like, a beat of story stuff for, like, 30 minutes, that would be cool. And I feel like if we did it on a regular basis, that would be cool. You know what I mean? If it, I I think that's, if it had been used in conjunction with, like, a spree of recordings, it would have been fantastic. Like, probably, like, exceptionally good but Wait, it was... wasn't wasn't that the day where you like came an hour late or something though no i'm i'm not saying like i'm not even saying it was anybody's fault it was probably my fault but like we we only recorded one hour that day i think we yeah. were supposed to record uh later like a week or so later and uh it, that got canceled or, i forget what it was but I think uh, I I think that if if we need to use it in the future, maybe we want to do that off recording as preparation. Yeah, that's some, that's interesting. Maybe we could do it through text. Yeah, yeah, part. yeah. Because I I feel like it's just like it was novel at the time, but that that would get tedious more than the one time to listen to. It's not the best audio. If we had a form fillable in the uh, roll twenty. 
that would be amazing. So we could all okay, look at I'll it look into and that. see constantly or some method. Or just like a Google could, Doc. Because that, that would be like referenceable, you know, because I, I know that thing exists somewhere. I could not tell you the bare bones of it. I would have to ask you or John, I think, have the copy. Um, it's in the useful info in the Discord. Is it now? Um, but it is... Um, all of the forms are in the very, very back of the book. All these sheets that I don't use. Uh, but it's just eight questions. What's your goal? What's your method? What's standing in your way? What's your in? What do you have to work with? What don't you know? What could go wrong? What comes next? No, I, I, I know about that. I just meant, like, an actual copy of ours for the last heist we did. Oh, yeah, I, um... I was started recording on Google Docs, and then John was still recording, so I did not complete mine, I don't think. Oh, yeah, yeah so, I might have it somewhere. So John has our only usable copy. Yeah, that'd be that'd be interesting to... We could release that today on the Discord. So um, that... that That's useful Join our Discord. ...that none of us have besides John, and John is not using it right now. Uh, Kelly, Brian, what did you guys think of the worksheet? Um, to be honest with you, um, I know this is going to probably come as a surprise. I can't really remember what the worksheet had on it. <laughs> I mean, we mostly just talked through the questions. Um, so it was those eight questions that I just listed off. What you're in, what do you know, oh. what don't you know? I mean, that's kind of, it's kind of good for helping develop it. But like, I mean, my Tajmal's character has been something that's been curated for so long with me that it's kind of like second nature knowing Tajmil's uh, too Leroy Jenkins to care about that sort of thing I think it would have been super useful like episode one <laughs> they would have been like fan fucking tastic I think it was a little um, annoying to go through and it would have been better off recording gotcha can I ask a question that's like off the Q&A Sure. Is Warwick a new character? I was wondering that too. Um, I'm trying to remember where this thing came from. Okay. Was Warwick the name of your first character, John? Warwick? No, Warwick is my uh, body. My identity. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, I see under the characters tab. I was like, where, what are you guys talking about? Um, so, I don't want to spend too much longer on this, uh, just because we got other recordings to do today. Um, but, uh, thoughts on the last arc finale, whatever you want to call it, uh, doing the thing. Our heist. Ouch. I think it was really good. <laughs> it went different than I thought it would, but it had, a, it, in, an it end had grave I burdens. I think it was spectacular. It was a good season finale. It was, I, it, legitimately, I think it was a good season finale for, Yeah. Despite the injuries, it made for an interesting end to the season, that's for sure. <laughs> yep. <laughs> if uh, you don't mind me guessing at what you thought, um, David, you kind of expected a lot more resistance um, in terms of, like, obstacles that I would put forth, correct? Yes. More so than the, the ball gala with... Uh... No immediate consequences, let's say, with like light guard structure, you know, we were able to even make a ruckus and get out pretty easily. I mean, we did burn the place like, down. And 
it, and the the departure, it might have been like a thing on recording times or whatever, but the departure seemed like rushed. Like it seemed like we could have done a whole everybody getting out deal. Um, so c- talking again about the adventure zone, um, one of the things that I really enjoyed about their amnesty arc is the way that the um, monster of the week mechanic works in that the DM doesn't necessarily take direct action against the players, but that rather reacts against the players and what they do and how their die rolls and things that way. Um, So, like, in terms of the monster, like, fighting the people. Um, And I've tried to, and I might have leaned in a little bit too much into this. Um, In this particular instance, I don't think I did. Uh, Because when I was looking at this and I was designing this, I thought that the intra-party fissures and cracks were much more interesting than the standard sort of dungeon dive um especially with the way that combat works in the mistborn adventure game um i thought that there was a lot more interesting conflicts developing between lady fatine's group and your group and so that's why i leaned in that direction yeah i think that was a good choice i think it worked well yeah I mean, it works, for sure, and I, I like how it worked out. Well, and I don't want to say too much, uh, because we're going to get into that in 10-15 yeah, uh, like... minutes here, uh, but y'all have not gotten away clean yet. No. Well, you said we got out and made our escape. That's true, but um, there are there are factors there. No, yeah, no, not clean. There's fucking Tajmil in the in the basement. Owie. They didn't kill him, so... Uh, <laughs> and Terry. Oh, fuck! I, I, I was thinking that might be the best possible option because then he can't talk because he's going to freaking talk. Of course he's going to talk. <laughs> Are you sure of that? I'm not sure of that. I don't think Brian's sure of that. Yeah, oh, I have no idea. We'll just yeah, have to see. Maybe. Too. We'll, uh, we'll see in fluid. 15 minutes. I'd, I'd expect I think that's talk. maybe what we open on. Insert a River Song spoilers meme here. Actually, we'll see if he'll talk right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't um, know. You'll have to wait and yeah, see. Well, is, there, uh, is there anything else anybody else wants to touch on? I don't think so. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the magic show at the end and Merida being the one to intentionally set fire to things. It worked well. It did. <laughs> I mean, but there was like very little actual conflict besides Tony's ego on the line. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, I made a panic, yeah? and people so? focus more on the fire than breaking Mer- it. did good. Tony did did what he should have done as well, but like there was no like pushback either besides Jim and like the personal stuff, which. Is well, okay. Thing. Tony's mom totally like well, yeah. disowned him and named him. But that's been heir. coming. That's been coming <laughs> since like season one stuff when he's been minus something resources because he got like kicked out. Yeah. So. And he never did anything but ask, act like a spoiled teenager even after then. Yeah. So. To his mother, I'm like. Not to his group, but... I think the conflict well, was pretty well-balanced. 
Yeah, I mean, it's the finale. It's not supposed to introduce, like, bold new conflicts aside from, you know, one big one to set up the next season. The, having it be the finale, I think, works well. And having the finale be the place where the conflict that's been brewing for the entire season comes to a head, I think, is what a finale is supposed to do. I kind of agree. Yeah, it's ha- it's supposed to be half cliffhanger, half slightly revealed for it to be like a well implementation of a finale. Which I think we got. Like the I mean literally that show was just supposed to be the distraction while the main tension was with the other group and we got plenty of that. They were definitely distracted by the fire. <laughs> the, all I was saying was it felt off because it felt too easy. Hmm. So uh, you'd say that there's a growing tension but, because you feel but, like it was too easy. But like, but then again, I like I said, a lot of that is before consequences have been fully laid out. I did do reconnaissance on my solo mission along with the other group, so that would help too. Yeah, no, that definitely helped. Yeah, I, I can agree that, that the, the show part felt easier than expected, but I mean, part of that was just good roles. He did have um, Tony's mom's, like, trying to soothe yeah. against Tony's riding. But, but beyond that, you know, I think that's setting up in service of the greater storyline. Like, focusing that on the interpersonal aspects rather than like mechanical die rolls I think serves it better and the consequences will continue to introduce themselves in season 3 well and I think that uh, this might be a good place to wrap it up we've all got uh, season 3 fresh on our minds Uh, we're going to go record and uh, thank you guys so much for listening we uh, you'll still have season 2.5 for a while but that one's a lot of fun um, what I know of it so far at least and uh, we uh, will see you guys again with this group in several months' time once we figure out what happens with them. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. Mistborn and all related properties are owned by Brandon Sanderson and Dragonsteel Entertainment. The Mistborn Adventure Game is a product of Crafty Games. Special thanks to Steve Argyle for letting us use his artwork for the logo and to Boardroom Design for putting the logo together for us. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at LLOS Podcast, or give us an email at lostlegendsofscadriel at gmail.com. We hope that you'll like and share and give us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.